1: So uh, one thing that took place uh, in the Islanders game that didn't come to fruition in the Rangers game was the power play clicking. So against the Islanders, if it wasn't for the power play, the Bruins, they probably don't win that game. Obviously uh, going three for three in the power play along with stellar goaltending. That was an opportunistic game for the Bruins, right? Goaltending kind of builds them out a lot early. You get a couple of power plays when you're down to nothing, you tie the game and it was just kind of a seesaw from there, but still some, you know the power play looked good with with Shattenkirk back there. Obviously, that's Charlie McAvoy's job to lose when he's in the lineup. But um, while the power play didn't perform against the Rangers, what what were they doing uh, against the Islanders that maybe they, they they weren't they aren't doing with McAvoy back there consistently? Or was it just one of those games where it was working for them? Um, they seem to have adopted like that that pass to the goal line, quick to the bumper, which you've seen other teams do in the past. Not so much the Bruins. Um, which is how Geeky scored, and then Shattenkirk Kirk with, with a couple of nice passes, one to Pashnak and one for a tip from James Van like. So uh, it looked really good against the Anders, and it's 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 you know along with Allmark, it saved them uh, two points.
0: Yeah, that 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 play, that kind of triangle from circle to goal line to the bumper, like that that's just a dynamite play if you can get it. And you're right, like you see other teams go to that as, as a go-to and the Bruins don't seem to try it as much, but I really like, it feels like they should have the personnel to do, especially if it's going to be that unit where it's like, Van Reems like is so good in that goal line area. And I think we've seen that he's also a good small space passer in addition to, you know, getting deflected goals and rebounds. And then if it's a right shot there, like geeky, like that makes a lot of sense. Y- you, you could do it on the other side too, but like it, that's, uh, that's a little bit tougher of a pass. It's not as natural. So yeah, I, d- I do wonder if they keep that setup where it's Van reem's taking like, geeky with that play in mind. And then, you know, the other goal from that game that really stands out was the one that Shatten Kirk sets up for Pasternak. And that's, that's just like a classic kind of second effort play where geeky almost turns the puck over. Cause he kind of whiffs on a shot, but then sort of combination of him and Shattenkirk win it back. And the Islanders were like already starting to go the other way. All of a sudden, the, you know, Bruins are hounding the puck, they get it back. And, and now the Islanders PK stretched, and you end up with that seam from, from Shattenkirk to Pasternak. So, um, yeah, I mean, like it's it's pretty basic stuff, right? It's it's a set play to the bumper, and it's just winning pucks back with with second, third efforts. So that's stuff that they should be able to do more, and you know, just sometimes they don't.
2: Yeah, and in both the Islanders and the Rangers games, the offici- the officiating was a little bit weird and off. Um, the if you it recall, what, it was really bad. It was so bad.
1: I feel like I feel like um I feel like an off game for officials is when they're on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's more common than it's than not for them to, to really screw some things up. Well, uh Pasternak in the Rangers game, they end up going to overtime having to kill off a a high sticking call or was it high sticking? No, a tripping call on Pasta who, you know, was skating in the guy he was defending just blew an edge and they, you know, at postdoc was pissed, but um, yeah, there was a lot of weird calls, some non calls. It was just a weird game in general. So like, yes, the Bruins drew a few penalties and they were able to score on them. Few were called. There was a Marsha on goal that got called back that instead of being called the goal, it was called the no goal, but then it ended up being a penalty on the Islanders. And then they score on that. It was just, it was kind of a disaster a mess of things there was, um another islanders goal that was called back for goalie interference cause, uh romanov scored a second goal but it, that one got waved off because olmark got landed on it was it was a whole weird situation in terms of special teams and and penalties and, and things like that
0: which i think they got both of the no goals right on the martian one i, I was just curious if they're gonna have you know irrefutable evidence to overturn it because it was kind of hard to tell like what does it hit last his glove or his or the shaft of the stick and you know it, it looked like his glove i just didn't know if it was going to be conclusive um and I, you know some i argue with me on twitter about this and they're like well it's inadvertent so it should count." and i'm like no like the, the rule is pretty clear like if it goes in off your glove it's no goal it doesn't matter if you meant to do it or not it's the same thing with like the the offensive zone hand pass which i think if you guys remember like i think it might have been last year the Bruins had a play where, like, it might have been Debrusque who, like, who fell and it, like, his glove just grazed the puck and then the Bruins scored. And, but it came back because there was technically a hand pass. And it's like, yeah, like, it, it sucks and it's kind of touchy, but like, that is the rule. And it's kind of black and white.
1: Um, when you say it's black and white, Scott, does that, like, um so if somebody were to take a shot from the point and it would and it redirected off of somebody's glove that wouldn't count
0: i'm pretty sure that's true yeah i think the rule says it can't be a deflection off a glove
1: hmm. um i i always figured it was like if there was like a pushing motion or something like that
2: um yeah but, you'd think that because the kicking like yeah for kicked in pockets like you can go in off your skate but you can't kick it in. So yeah, it seems like it should be that, but yeah. it's
1: but yeah. Well, in any event, I mean, Marshan was very, um, he was, as we know, we watched him for over a decade. He was very sneaky about it. Um, those of us who've watched him know that he absolutely intentionally kind of like directed that in, but he was so good at disguising it. It was just like a prove it type situation. And to Scott, to your point, like, i don't think they could have i just think they i just think they knew what was up and you know in the spirit of in the spirit of what martian did they got the call right because the only way they would have not called it a um a non-goal is if they um yeah they just didn't want to have enough evidence to to overturn it but we all knew that that was he was he was getting away with one there he knew what he was doing is is what i'll say um but yeah the passion one it's tough it's like that's you got what forty five seconds left in the game, and and a guy the, the ref in the neutral zone is gonna call a trip that just wasn't a trip. It's like just because something looks like a trip, like you have to be positive, especially if there's if you're the ref that's like you know halfway down the ice. Like yeah, like like passionate got Palmieri skate, um, like three seconds earlier, and then he toe picked. It's like you, you you just can't make that call at that point in the game. Fortunately for the Bruins, uh it didn't come back to haunt them, but. Yeah, officiating—it's just you, you, you get you, you get used to not expecting great uh, officiating these days.
2: Well, and Carlo, who did he? Okay, so they called Carlo for interference in the Rangers game, um, because Lafreniere kind of fell down when he was just made basic contact with him in front of the net. And Brick mentioned like, what like what about that as a penalty? Um, so that was another one where it was like, that's nothing. That's just like a. A defenseman clearing out in front of his net completely legally, but guy the guy goes down and it's like, no, that's a penalty.
0: Yeah, it was it was like the Rangers realized that if they just went down, they were gonna get a power play out of it. And it sucked because like you would have liked to have seen the Bruins try to hold on to that one nothing lead with the ref staying out of the way, and that just wasn't gonna happen. Like it seemed like every time someone hit the ice, there was a call, and it didn't didn't really matter how it happened. So, like when you touched on like the the Lindholm one, you know, a couple minutes after that, it's like the guy like the guy lifts his stick. I think it was Fox. Yeah, he like lifts Lindholm's stick into his own face. I thought Fox going down um, on the Heinen. I don't know if it was a trip or a slash that they called. Earlier earlier in the game, like that was a dive too. That even if you think there wasn't penalty there, like you also easily could have called embellishment. So yeah, that was <clears throat> that was pretty weak from the Rangers. Like I, I don't I don't usually think of them as like a team that dives and flops around for calls, but it certainly seemed like they resorted to that on Saturday, and I guess to their benefit, it worked because they kept getting the calls.
2: And that's exactly why when I, when we were talking about Brian's opening shift, I said, if this is a playoff series between these two teams, it'd be really frustrating um, because watching that uh, and, as well as the first game, what, with the no calls and missed calls, it just seems like that's what kind of series it would be. Like people trying to get calls diving, apparently, you know, Truba can whack Frederick in the face and not get it caught. Like it just felt like something that you would. Bruins fans might not even enjoy watching because it would just be one of those series, which it kind of, it happened similarly with the Islanders a few years ago. Do you remember that Scott? It just the officiating in that series yeah. Uh, the, that the Bruins ended up losing was just seems so off.
0: The, the New York saints.
2: Yeah. The New York saints.
0: <laughs>
1: I love that. I love that comment from Cassidy. Uh, you know, you know who must be frustrated is any goalie facing David Pastrnak not going to shoot out. We got We got to talk about this, about this. What's he's already one of the best goal scorers in the world heading into the season. And he always seemed to be uh, pretty good in the shootouts. So and now he's just unfair. Like now he just comes in. To, to say he makes it look easy, it's, I mean, it's insane. He's not even, he's not even looking his, his, his stick is in the puck is like literally like behind his back and he's just rifling using all the flex in these twenty twenty three sticks that they use. And it's not even fair. I mean, Charlie Coyle had an amazing shootout goal just before Pashnak um, a little bit more of a tra- traditional, just high-end finesse deke uh, top shelf shot, but and then then pass and you're like, Oh my God, that was filthy. And then passion that comes down and just like looks like a glitch video game goal and <laughs> just in and out of the net before you can even, you know, know what happened. It's just, what were well, you guys' reactions watching those beauties.
0: Yeah. It, like the, that's sh- the way he shoots off the hip where it's like, kind of partially hidden. It's, I, I can't imagine like being goalie trying to, because you're just not expecting from that angle for someone to be able to get that much velocity on it. And it, it does look like, like a, gunslinger and like an old western just like draw and fire and um you know so Sorogan's reaction to it like you could just tell like, you just kind of like see on his face he's just like well i can't do anything about that like what the hell all right good night um i think we tried,
2: Pete, we tried.
0: Pete, yeah Pete blackburn on twitter called it um <laughs> fuck you good luck move and it's like yeah like that that kind of captures the attitude of it
2: I think Brian like describing it as a glitch is pretty accurate because you're like, there doesn't seem like there was enough time for that to happen. Like it was, it was in the net before you even knew what was happening. Um, and there was another glitch goal. Laura's goal. I would say kind of felt like that. It's like, where the hell did that go in? He took the shot from behind the goal line. All of a sudden the pucks in the back of the nets, like that seemed like it shouldn't happen, but <laughs> but Laura, I got his a, a second goal of the season and Coil. So in terms of the shootout, Coyle's always been good at shootouts. That's one of his, like we talk about how he, he can bring a lot to the team on the penalty kill. We, we talk about how good he is at face-offs, um, how good he is at puck possession. But then once you get into the later stages of the game, you want him in your shootout. So that's something else he's been able to bring since they, the Bruins traded for him uh, five seasons ago now? How many seasons has, has it been? Yeah. I think sure five has, it's five seasons since he came over from Minnesota. So um, he's, yeah. been, he's always been good at that. Um, and... So you see that on display, and then Pasternak followed it up. Like you know, he just had to one up him, I guess.
1: I think I think Coyle's first game as a Bruin was against the Blues um, in the regular season back in 2019, and I think that game he had a shootout goal in his first game as a Bruin, I believe. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, and and the shootouts they've been good at this year. The Bruins have been on on Pasternak uh, when you watch him this year and i know he had 60 goals last year right so how how can I get much better but or how, how can you appear more dominant he just does like he his his presence out there uh, he he doesn't seem to be not that he really was last year at that point in his career but he's just not getting knocked off pucks really he he's initiating contact he looks a little bit bigger he just looks like he's you know uh i mean he looks like he's in the prime of his career. Simply put, and to do to be playing this way, uh, obviously without Bergeron and Krejci, and you know he played with the two of them never at the same time, but those were his running mates in one form or another over the last his entire career. So to to be to be the guy, and you can say he was the guy last year anyway, but he is the guy now, um, undisputed, and and he just seems to do whatever he wants out there it's it just is what it is he just all three phases of the game he just seems more more mature and i I think that's the only way where his game could have grown from 60 goals last year is just to keep rounding out the other aspects of his game outside of scoring and that's getting bigger stronger more confident imposing his will more and there's just a confidence to his game right now where it's like yeah he's one of the best hockey players in the world and he and everybody else around him knows it
0: yeah i think i think you see him like embracing, you know, being an alternate captain and taking on more of a leadership role where you, you mentioned like, you know, sometimes helping to set the tone physically, um, which we saw Saturday and, you know, uh, definitely interesting to get your guys' thoughts on on the head where, you know, my mind, he crosses the line a, a little bit there. Um, but also, you know, I think you've seen him play selfless, like earlier in the season where teams are just so focused on, taking away a shot on the power play. All right. Then he'll set more up. Like he, I don't, I haven't checked in, but he was on pace to like blow away his career high and power play assists. And that's because, okay, the shot I want isn't there. Fine. Then I'll pass it to the open team. If you're sending two guys towards me, then someone's open. And he's been doing a good job finding that. So uh, yeah, those, like those are the things you expect from a team leader and someone who, you know, like you said, isn't just worried about scoring goals and is trying to do other things to help the team win.
2: Yeah. And like when they take away that one timer on the power play for him, he's had to find other ways to score on the power play, which he has. And he he's found ways to move the puck to those open players, like you mentioned. And is he still leading the team in hits?
0: I don't think so. I, I'm pretty sure it's Frederick.
2: He was at one point in the season, leading, leading the Bruins in hits. And uh, you can see him just not slowing down and not holding back whenever he has a guy lined up. And it was a big hit uh, that he laid that got him ultimately ejected. But it, it, you could see what he was trying to do and that the intention was not an injury.